handle the truth. Hey, everybody. Welcome back. Welcome back to the Thomas Free Me TV and Podcast Show. This is Thursday night. Get right with Mr. Demetrius Knuckleseal and, of course, Thomas Free Me. And I know it's been a hot minute. A lot's been going on. As you see, I'm in the process of building out the new studio. I'm in the new office here, Coming Home Coalition. We moved, we expanded, and, and we're doing big things here. So uh, praise the praise the God for that. But, um, man, yeah, we're, we're back in and we're back doing it. And we got a show tonight, man. D's in the middle of of uh, doing some, you know, got some some tumultuous things going on up there. The 16-year-old child that he's involved with uh, being held in, in the county jail right now for vehicular manslaughter. And, uh, you know, we got our ex-presidents being indicted, you know, and then we got DeSantis putting putting DAs on notice, man. It's a sundown. Sundown to showdown, sundown, showdown down here in Florida, man, with this justice system. Like, what the heck is really going on with our justice system? D, what's up, man? Good to see you, brother. Hey, man, what the hell is going on? Not the heck the hell is going on, because there's some hell going on around here, man. Welcome to everybody. This is Thomas Freeman Show Thursday night. Get right. If you ain't getting it right, you're getting it all wrong. So listen, mm. you got to pay attention to what we're saying, because what we're saying is our opinion. What we're saying are the facts based on our opinion and the opinion based on the facts. Listen, Donald Trump, we already know the situation with him, but we're going to talk about it. Uh, we already know what the situation is with DeSantos down in Florida, but we're going to talk about it. And we're going to talk about a special topic that's close to my heart about this 16-year-old boy being charged with vehicular manslaughter, and they want to charge him with second-degree murder as an adult because... The police chased him for a misdemeanor, and he unfortunately ran into someone's car, even though they don't have any evidence and say, ain't no cameras, well, no dash cams, but we're going to get off into that. Let's roll, y'all. Hey, man, and the passion. I love it, man. And this is this is what we're about, man, is, is to bring awareness to what's going on, man, behind the scenes. Because I'm, I'm telling you, man, within the last month, I have really seen uh, some eye-opening stuff. Being the founder of a nonprofit, being the president of the board of that nonprofit, being the head of 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 charge and dealing with these government officials, man, these people will lie to your face like it's nothing. And what makes it even worse, brother, is that I was in the room. My my business partner is a pastor. <laughs> I got a pastor sitting at the table with me and you still lie and you know that you lie. You know, you know that you are. And and that's this is where we get into the crux of the issues. You know, this is where we get into the crux of the issues, man. And yeah, so as you can see, D is fired up, man. So before we let him go, we're going to say our blessings, our good blessings, man. We, I, you know, I, I pray that everybody is safe and sound tonight in a, in a safe dwelling. I pray that the hungry finds them some some good warm food, you know, and I and I pray that, you know, people are safe and comfortable just for the night. You know, it's it's tough out there. We got fires burning everywhere. People don't know why these fires are burning. We got so much 
chaos going on, you know, it's, it's, it's very, very tough to remain positive. It's tough to remain optimistic, but I implore you, please, my message is have faith. Just be your best self and just keep your head down and keep it pushing. Keep it pushing in, in your faith that you're being your best self, you know, and that's, I'm going to pass the mic to my brother. When faith and hope is behind your struggle, then all of your life is going to be filled with joy and happiness. But you got to have faith and hope behind your struggle. Mm. And oftentimes our faith and hope is lost because we rely upon a system. We rely upon a system that is not for us to teach us. And in that system, when we become programmed by a system that is not meant for us to teach us, now we become lost. And then you have people who end up waking up and become woke, and you have politicians that condemn anyone who is woke. So what I'm saying right now is that we're about to unleash some, some stuff on some people because we don't care about how people feel when we're telling the truth. Mm. If we're lying, it's a difference. That's why he brought up his partner. He had a pastor, and they still lying. We're telling the truth, and we don't care who's hurt by the truth because we understand that the truth hurt, but it only hurt those who are lying. So we're about to get into this truth. Let me start this off by kicking uh, off with uh, the 16-year-old in Michigan in Macomb County. So he's a good kid. Very, his mother said he's a great kid. Never been arrested, never been involved in crime, never been involved in gangs. He work, he go to school, he play with his little brothers and sisters and, and little cousins. That's what he do. Now, his mother said that on the day in question, well, let me rewind, uh, a, week, a week ago, about 10 days ago, he told his grandmother that his greatest fear is being killed by the police because uh, another police shooting had just occurred. He said his greatest fear because he's a big young guy. He's like 6'1", but he's 16, big young guy, very giggly and whatever. His greatest fear is being killed by the police. So now fast forward to a week later, he's driving in the car. He has license. He's driving his auntie's car. He has license, the car's legal. As far as he know, the car's legal. So the police gets behind him. And according to the newspaper, the information obviously leaked by the police. They said the little boy, and I say little boy, because it was a little boy, he was driving with his blinker on for approximately a mile. So the police say, we about to get behind him. They running plates. They say, according to the police, information leaked to the news that the little boy, the car he was driving was uninsured. The car was legal. It wasn't stolen. He wasn't committing any felony criminal activity. But the car did not have insurance. So the police turned on the sirens. According to the grandmother or the mother, who was able to see him when he got to the hospital and that's so now the young the, the young 16 year old boy 
After telling his grandmother a week earlier that his greatest fear was being killed by the police because he had just seen another police involved shooting on the news, now he's being uh, uh, the police over. turning on the sirens behind him, yeah. and he panicked. According to his mother, he panicked and he sped off. He didn't know why. He didn't know nothing about the car wasn't insured. All he knew is that he was legal and he wasn't doing anything wrong. Right. Like most of the young guys that's being killed by the police. So he sped off. Uh, the police gave chase in a very, very big residential street area where there's always a lot of traffic. Gave chase. And the young boy is said to have hit a family in a car. The mother was killed. Mm. The husband is husband is in critical condition and the baby is all right. Now, mm. what the hell is going on? Because they say that he T-boned the uh, family's car. But yet his car, the car that he was driving, the door is hit on both sides of the car. So who the hell hit him? But yet the police is saying there is no dash cam. No dash cam, huh? So ain't no cameras around that bank that sit on the corner. The two restaurants that sit on the corner. The gas station that sit on the corner. So ain't no ain't no cameras, huh? They have not released any other evidence at all but their own statements saying that he caused the death of the victim and the injuries to the other victims. Now, the problem with that is that there's a no chase policy. There's a no chase I was gonna ask policy you about that. Un unless, unless, for example, they spot a murder suspect or uh, some type of uh, person who is being looked for by the police for some serious crime. Yeah, uh, something that's, that's yeah, a crime and active, an active crime in pursuit. Right. Here's a guy who had a misdemeanor offense for... First of all, they said he was driving approximately a mile with his blinker on. Mm. I didn't know that was a crime. Well, it's, I, don't, I don't think that's a moving violation. I, I didn't know it was a crime. So now the police don't want to release this other evidence because they know that the family is going to sue the hell out of them because they never should have chased the young boy in the first place for a misdemeanor. When the, when the policies in Michigan are very, very clarified, there's a no chase policy for, mis, for misdemeanor traffic offenses. Right. I mean, that's, that's, this is why that, that policy is there for this exact reason. Because, and then from, from the young kid's perspective, I understand. Like you're driving, you, you already fear the fact. And again, my this is my whole thing about manifestation you know living in this fear yeah. that they put us in is that it's constantly on our mind we're 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 exhibiting these emotions and then it happens right yes and and of course no 16 year old boy knows how to deal with those type of emotions you know what i mean so panic ensues you know panic ensues man and somebody lost their life over it man god bless Man, I hate that. 
It's, it's so much on the news. I mean, it's in all the newspapers. They're talking about it everywhere. And, and rightfully so, because a lady lost her life. Her husband is fighting for his life. Her baby survived, fortunately. So, I mean, it's so many thoughts and prayers that go out to that family. But I don't want us to forget about a 16-year-old and what the police, the type of uh, 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 the type of acts that the police commit to cause the... There's been over 60, 60 people killed doing police pursuits in Michigan this year. Mm. This is why they said there's a no-chase policy. One, one particular incident a few years back, it started because the police... And I talked about this on one of my TikToks posts. The police shot this little 13-year-old boy while he was driving an ATV. They was chasing him. He, they shot him, and he killed himself. They shot him off the ATV. He didn't commit any other crimes. He was just driving the ATV. And they chased him. They shot him. So at what point do we as a society say enough is enough of you all chasing people, causing conditions to exist that bring about the untimely demise of someone? That's not removing the 16-year-old from the responsibility that he have because he have a responsibility. He made a decision, impulsive or not, panic or not. He has to suffer consequences for his behavior but what about what about the aunt what about the aunt as well like why wasn't there insurance on the car but see see the thing is is that the thing about that is that we can talk about insurance but i've literally talked to i literally talked to police literally and this is what the police told me one time this was funny he said, man, I understand. He said, man, I don't have real insurance on my car. He said, because insurance is too high in Michigan. We got one of the highest, I think we have the second highest insurance in the United States. So it, it was funny when the police told me that, but he said, man, I ain't got real insurance on my car. So the insurance is very high. But let's go back to responsibility because this responsibility that we're talking about now carries all the way over to this fool, Trump, and that other fool, DeSantos. It's, it's like people do things with impunity thinking that they are above the law. So, sure, the 16-year-old is going to suffer the consequences for the decision that he made, but he's not uh, uh, totally responsible for the events that unfolded. There's other actors, the police. They have to suffer the consequences too. Right. And that's that's how I, I, I'm, I, you know, and that's that's where I start to, my, my blood starts to boil at is, is in that is, is, is the, 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 the double-edged sword. You know what I mean? The double standard where you're holding me accountable and you want to put me in prison for the rest of my life, but yet you're not holding all parties accountable. Right. You know, you're not holding and, all parties accountable. And there was a chain of events that occurred to that. 
and justice, when you talk about, and this is why the show is entitled, it's talking about blind, it's talking about whether uh, 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 blind justice, is it real or is it fake or false or whatever, right? Because we have to really start asking ourselves, because justice, when we say justice is blind, that means that whoever commits crime are properly dealt with. There's no discrimination. That's because it's blind. It can't see no skin tone. It can't see a class. It can't see anything. It only sees the law and applies the law accordingly. Right. Is this fact or fiction? Is this some fantasy stuff made up in our own minds or what? Because it appears to be. It appears to be when you have not just a 16-year-old here, but you have so many criminal activities going on in the government and just hunter biden alone here it is. look at all the evidence against about, hunter biden look at all this evidence man this guy got mountains of evidence this is the one thing i did like about trump he pulled the sheets off a lot of mm -hmm. but he had a lot of stuff going on himself but nevertheless he pulled the sheets off a lot of people mm -hmm. come on man they think they think they're above the law man and that's the problem with this blind justice today. It's not blind. It see exactly what it's doing. It's not blind. That's a fantasy in our own minds to think that it's blind. This justice system is doing and seeing exactly what it's doing. When you could sit up and let Trump do all this stuff, I'm talking about the same way Hunter Biden has blatantly violated law and fraudulently uh, made money off the government, especially off his father, the president. Now, Donald Trump did. All, all of them do the same thing. Mm -hmm. They're doing the same thing, and they're doing it off our tax money. Yeah, and they're making That's a mockery. The they're making scheme. a mockery of, of, of our, our judicial system, you know, because they're, they're weaponizing the judicial system. See, what America right. needs to understand is, is what you're witnessing with Trump, whether you like it or not, Trump is exposing the truth, whether he knows it or not, right? Just like, just like Demetrius said, Trump exposed a lot of these people and what's happening now through these indictments, please pay attention, America, is you're going to see how our judicial system is weaponized and, and if you can just open your mind a little bit and understand the whole chain of command all the way down to the police. I'm having a heated debate, an ongoing debate with, with the same pastor I was telling you about because I'm getting pressure, right, D? I'm getting pressure to, to kind of change my narrative a little bit when it comes to the police because, you know, I have a lot of messages out there. Uh, that there are no good cops. And again, you have to understand that <laughs> message. You have to understand that the message is about the culture, not the person. And it's very, wow. very hard. Demetrius, you don't know how hard it is to get individuals to separate their mind from that aspect because even with the pastor, and this is a very, very intelligent woman, but even with her, as I'm, I'm, I'm trying to explain this, She's picking one person out. Yeah, but, but you know, Sheriff Nako, Sheriff Nako, or, or you know, or it wasn't Sheriff Nako, it was, a, it was a prior sheriff that she calls out. I can't remember his name. 
but these these different people and you're naming one person right you can't grasp what i'm talking about when i'm talking about the culture why police was incepted to begin with the whole root of our police was to incarcerate was to enforce it's only expanded and grown since then right but again it's all a matter of perception because we found out during the civil prior to the civil war that people don't like brutality we don't like to see people being whipped we don't like to see people being hung we don't like to see it we we it's okay if we hear about it but when we see it now it affects us it makes us feel guilty so that is that you know we learned from the civil war that we we can't do that in that aspect because it, it it causes conflict. So we have to manipulate and we have to create a system where people are okay with it. They don't see it, right? Yeah. They, but they know it's there. Everybody, it, it amazes me. Everybody walks around and says prison is a business. Prison is a business. Prison is slavery. You hear people say that without the weight of what that means behind it. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You, you see what I, I'm saying? The, the everyday, the little nuances of what that brings into the 16-year-old yeah. boy's life, a convicted felon's life. You know, our lives where slavery does not end. It does not say anywhere in the 13th Amendment that once you've been convicted of a crime, you will ever be relinquished of that crime. It doesn't say anywhere right. that you will ever be forgiven for that crime. It does not say that. So once you have been convicted of that crime, you are a slave, period. Right. And that's amazing because, you know, that trauma, that that lasting trauma is like a wound, a wound that never will heal. If you ever had surgery done on yourself, then you know that that scar is there forever. And that's the surgery of trauma that we've suffered as former prisoners, convicts, uh, 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 whatever we want, returning citizens, whatever we want to entitle ourselves. That's the cut that we still carry today, and that's the cut that we remember. So now the trauma that came with that cut, we will never forget. So now every time, like you talk about, they want you to change, change the way that you speak about law enforcement. Okay, we love law enforcement. Hmm. It's just that they're not enforcing the law. That's Amen. what we're talking about. Amen. We're talking about the people who are not enforcing the law. Amen. We're not talking about those who are out here taking care of their family, uh, Integ using integrity and treating people like human beings and enforcing the law. We're not talking about them. We're talking about the culture, the very building of culture around whoever it is. Amen. You know the culture because it's like, for example, for a perfect example is this here. If I never smoked weed, right? But I'm in a weed house. And everybody blowing weed and I come out, I'm going to smell like weed, right? Mm. So now I can't get mad when people say, man, you smell like weed. 
because I knew I was in that weed house. Mm-hmm. I inhaled the very culture of what's going on in that house. Whether I you agreed not, with I it or not. not smoke. With whether you agreed with right. it or not. Because I still decided to go in that house. So therefore, collateral damage. I am collateral damage. So if, if if the house fall, if they say we getting rid of all the law enforcement, I gotta go to. Because I was up in that house with them. And I didn't try to bring the house down myself. I didn't try to expose the house myself. Now, for those who That's right. do try to expose this stuff, that's man, right, we give man. much props to them. That's power, man. And see, and that's and that's power, D. That's the message, man. That's the whole message that I'm trying to get them to understand is you know yourself that your house is corrupt. You know it. So why are you trying to defend it? When I bring it right. to you, why are you trying to justify it? Why are you trying to say, oh, well, you can't blame us all for bad apples, but you do that to us. That's how you look at us. Period. That's, That's what, what I'm talking do. about, about this double standard. They have this double standard. We have this Sheriff Grady down here that can get up here on TV and humiliate us. But yet, when I say one bad thing, I'm wrong. I'm ostracized from 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 any kind of uh, uh, collaboration with the county because I'm I talk so so radical because I speak the truth. The truth. What that's what, what, what is that's what I'm saying is what is what is so wrong. I have been persecuted by these people my whole life. They had no problems, no problem calling me a menace, calling me all of these things. Right. They had Absolutely, no problem telling man. me the truth. That's what I was. They told me the truth. But now when I come back to you and I tell you the truth, you want me to tone it down a little bit. That's what I have you a hard what? time with. Hey, 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 Tom, you know, it's funny because I was, tell, I, I was telling this story on my podcast earlier about how this guy in prison, he used to always say he'd be rapping and stuff. And he had this one small phrase out of his rap that said, I was born in the snake pit, so I watched my back. And I'm saying that to say that we was demonized, right? We was demonized, but we changed our lives and now we see the demons and we calling them out hmm. because we know what a demon looked like because we was, we was a demon. Hmm. So we know what it looked like. So now we, that's why Trump is calling them out because he know what it looked like. So now don't get mad at us because we exposing you for being the demons that you are. Don't get mad at us because we talking about your house smells of weed, smells of corruption. Don't get mad at us if we tell you that you smell just like weed, but you tell us you don't smoke weed. We don't care about none of that. Hmm. We just telling you what we smell. When you walk by us, you smell of corruption. That don't mean that you are corrupt. That means that you coming out of a house of corruption and you work under the cloak of corruption. And therefore, if you are someone who's exposing that, big ups to you, man. We support you. But if you are one who's living up under that and working up under that and benefiting from that and think that you're going to be slick about it, we're talking to you. Period. You're living in corruption. You're you're in a system and you wrap yourself around corruption every single day. And you think that 
we gonna identify you as one of the good cops. No, a good cop is one who's gonna expose that stuff and he's gonna be use integrity when he do it. He's gonna say, look, I'm trying to take care of my family. I don't have time to get tied up with y'all nonsense. This guy over here is doing X, Y, and Z. I don't wanna be a part of that. That's somebody that I give honors to, not the mother clowns. And Middle see, finger to him. And see if we get we get like like my stepmother Rose, right? She just leaves a comment. And this is the general, this is the thought process, right? She, so she says if there were no police to enforce laws and rules, our society would be out of control. I can't imagine not having police. Unfortunately, there is turmoil sometimes with their methods. Now, I I have a lot of debates with her on this here. And, and of course, bless her heart, she's she's 80 something, right? So it's understanding that her her thought process was was formed under the whole propaganda movement, the whole trust your police, trust your government, you know, that whole movement and 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 the fear mongering that went into that movement. Right. Just think about the newspapers back in the day with the big headlines, the big captions. To, to, yeah. to, to drive emotions, to strike fear into people, to buy their papers so they can see what's really going on, right? It's this whole fear-mongering thing that went on that makes us believe, like, if these police were not there, there would be total anarchy, total craziness, because that, that conceptual mind can't understand that the police is what has caused all of this has caused all of this they have to keep a job if there is no if there's no chaos there's no reason for police so so it's understanding that the police are new we're only talking 60 years 80 years of a uniform police code right how did mankind survive thousands hundreds of thousands of years without police Right. So it's it's understanding it. Let me just say this one thing It's understanding prison code. There's no police in prison. I survived. I didn't come out stabbed and beaten and all these things, because when there's no veil of protection for you, you hold yourself a lot more accountable. That's right. right. You're a lot more responsible for your actions and your thought process when you know that you just can't call 911 because you cussed this dude out. And now he wants to pop you in the mouth. And now you want to call, you can't do that in prison. So guess what? Yeah. You're not cussing the dude out in prison. Go ahead. <laughs> do you, did you see in the news about two weeks ago where they said, even though they did it for uh, racial reasons, they said that these white police in Wisconsin, I think, or Connecticut, they had, they found out that they had written over 10,000 fake tickets on white people. It was white people who wrote it on white people because they because they had had so many complaints around them on black people that they was trying to uh, uh, now they wrote them but they was never charged with them. In other words, it was just in a department. So when they go over and do the audit, they can say, "Oh, they're not discriminating against anyone." Look how many tickets they wrote, right. but they were never processed tickets. So they, because they wrote them on white people to try to make it look like they weren't being racist. Yes. The whole point behind what I'm saying is this here. To keep their job, you see what they did. Right. They wrote tickets. 
however false they may be, they needed those tickets to keep their job. Otherwise, they were going to be up under probably suspension, investigation for discrimination. So what they did is they say, we're going to create a condition then. We're going to write all of these misconducts or whatever they call them, and we're going to keep our jobs like that. And that's what they do out here. That's why they have quotas for uh, traffic quotas, where officers have came out, officers have come out the woodwork and told the stories of quotas that they have to write so many tickets. If you don't write this many tickets or that many tickets, that means you're a soft cop. That means we don't need you. So what are they going to do? They got to feed their children. They're going to write those tickets. So guess what? Without police, just imagine, just imagine a world without police. Imagine a world without so many different uh, laws that was implemented so there can be more rest. So they make, if this is, for example, here's another perfect example. 1990, those tags on the back of a car that have the imperfect on them, that was a misdemeanor. By 94, that was a felony. Why? Because they needed more felonies to lock people up so they could charge them. So they made that into a felony. They made so many different new crimes into uh, new crimes into felonies or misdemeanors into felonies because they need this. This is called, uh, in prison, we would call it job, uh, what we call it, job security. This is how you keep your job. And so with that in mind, we must understand that this these police are really here to create chaos so they can have a job. Departments, the system right. creates chaos because the system is rich. The system is super rich. It's ran by the super rich. The prisons are ran by the super rich. But they have to lock people up in order to keep their money flow going. So what they do, they create crimes that there are no people, people are going to commit because they already did the algorithms to know what happens over here and what happens over here. So now we're about to outlaw it. And now they lock those people up. And now they got prisons. Now they got to keep their job. So they got to keep people locked up and they got to keep locking up people. Imagine if that didn't exist. And 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 I know it's, it's people, they, they shake their head because it's so distasteful to hear that, that crime is created. But it, you, we have to look at it logically. Let's look at it logically. Nowhere else on earth, nowhere else on earth are there this many incarcerated people. Nowhere else on earth other than America are there this many incarcerated people. Nowhere else on earth does a country spend the money that we spend on the police. Nowhere else on earth. And since 9-11 in the Patriot Act, that spending that spending limit right that went yeah. into the police then to make them who they are today nowhere else on earth so where does the logical mind say that more police works it doesn't right. it doesn't you have to sit here and say 
how come no other country with hardly any police in it have this type of this type of crime that we have and then people say oh but look at some of these countries they're crazy over there you have people riding around in pickup trucks with with these guns and true enough you have factions right but that you're only seeing what you see on the news and we don't even know if that's true right we don't even know if that's true we could go to the same place in in real life where on tv we saw this person in a doom buggy looking like he's coming out of mad max but you go to that place in real life and it could be a paradise they've been trying to scare you from going there the whole time the whole time man (laughs) so listen I gotta, I gotta get ready to hop off my, 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 my uh, niece who is like my daughter. Her birthday is right now. I'm at her birthday party, and uh, but it's been great, man. Uh, you Yo. know, I'm fired up, man. I'm, I'm ready to put all these people on blast, man. I'm ready to bring, I'm ready to remove the veil from the eyes of of this so-called blind justice, so 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 they can start seeing what the hell they're doing. And knowing what the hell they're doing, and so they can see us looking at them because they don't think we can see them. So we're gonna take that veil off their eyes and let them know we can see you. We see what you're doing. And guess what? We mount up our defenses to get you the hell out of office, the hell out of those seats. But I got to go, y'all. My, 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 my sister right there. I got to go, y'all. It's been good, it's been great. I pray that everybody within the sound of my voice have a blessed rest of your day. Thomas Freeman, I got to go, baby. I'm out of here. Go ahead, man. I'll take us out, man. You know, I'll go ahead and have to show up. Be safe, partner. I'll catch you next week. So, you know, and I and I get I get that. I get the comments, you know, but it's it's understanding that we have been duped into believing that we are something that we're not. That is the important thing. I love this country. I love the people, you know, but it's understanding that we're we're working under uh, uh, an ideology that doesn't exist. So when you're when you're working that way and you're giving your your sweat equity, your life's essence to something that you believe in, just to find out that it's not true, that does damage to you. You know that does damage to you, your lineage, everything. You know so. I mean, it's like this whole UFO thing. You know, for the last 40 years, the government has been fighting tooth and nail to tell us that the that UFOs aren't real. And now they just come out on a whim to say that it is real. You know, so it's my question is, why didn't you tell us this 40 years ago? Why did you wait till now in the midst of everything that's going on? Right. Because now I understand you're trying to create distractions. It's funny how all four of Trump's indictments that came out the day before the indictment came out was was damning evidence against Hunter Biden. Right. And in 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 the the trials that are going on. So it's funny how, again, these distractions are being thrown out there against the people to hide the truth. And so that is what that whole message is. Right. That's what the whole message is, is is taking just hiding the truth from the people keeping the people ignorant so that they will remain whatever it is that you want them to remain you know when you when you keep a person ignorant you you have a slave that's 
that's just common knowledge. So it's just, it's just, you know, people waking up and like I said, at the top of the hour, keeping your head down, knowing what's right or wrong and being your best self, you know, in prison. And I relate a lot of life to prison because prison is, is life or death. You know, again, you're not under a veil of protection in prison. You are accountable for your actions, for your moves, for your words, for everything. So it's understanding that when you're in prison and there's an institutional riot going on, right? And and maybe you're caught in the middle of it, but you know in your mind that this riot has nothing to do with you. This riot is maybe between the blacks and the Mexicans, per se, or two different gangs. You know that this riot has nothing to do with you. And you're at one point, and you need to get to another point. And you can walk across that compound feeling safe because you know that this riot has nothing to do with you. You just keep your head down, never mind what's going on around you, and you just keep going forward. Till you get to your point that you're going to, your destination that you're going to, and you let nothing distract you, even though that people are being killed, right? Out of the corner of your eye, you're seeing blood, guts, all of this stuff flying. But you know that you're safe because it has nothing to do with you. And that's how we have to walk through life, no matter what we see, no matter what we see going on around us, these fires going on all over in all these different states. Montana, the Dakotas, Texas, Wyoming, Hawaii's devastation. God bless all of those people, man. But we don't even know what the truth is. So it's understanding that none of that stuff matters. We don't even know unless you unless you're there in Maui to see it personally. You don't even know that it really exists unless you're there. You have some personal touch to it. So unless you have some personal touch to it, it's like, don't let this stuff affect you. Don't let it worry you. Don't let it cause anxiety. Don't let it stress you. Keep your head down. Don't mind what's going on around you and just keep moving forward to get to your destination and don't get caught off in the mix. Don't get caught off in the hype and in, in the fear factoring. None of that stuff. You know, and I mean, I agree. I agree with, with 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 what you guys were saying about the insurance. You know, responsibility lies on the ant with the insurance. And I do understand about about the high insurance as well. You know, I'm going through it with Geico. You know, I got a seatbelt ticket. Mind you, I've never been in an accident. I've never claimed anything on my insurance. Not one thing. I've been paying these people consistently, right? And yet I get a seatbelt ticket and my premium goes up. I think it was like $100 or something like that. So no matter how much work I put in to the good, that price don't come down, but one incident and it shoots up and 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 we understand that and who can afford this anymore who can afford the groceries the the rent all of this stuff while you have these individuals up there playing playing ghetto games with our lives 
you know, so I can I fault for not having insurance? I can't. True enough, it's 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 the right thing, but you know we have to understand that not everybody has the luxury to afford insurance. You know, when it comes to health insurance, I can't get health insurance, and if something happens to me, what are people gonna say? Well, why didn't he have health insurance? He should have had insurance. I can't afford it. I just can't afford it. And that's just the way that it is, you know? So these, these are the tales of the impoverished, you know, and, and why it's so hard to come out of poverty because you have to make decisions that could result in a lifetime of, of roadblocks, you know, a lifetime of misery. And, and when we're in the crux of trying to make this choice and we have a day to make it, two days to make it sometimes, you know, it's it's just hard to imagine. Again, I was having this conversation earlier, you know, with 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 an individual who has been privileged and trying to get a privileged individual to understand poverty is impossible because how do you get somebody to understand who never in their life, not one time, has ever opened the fridge and seen it empty. Every time they open that refrigerator, it's slapped full with food. Nine times out of ten with the food that they like and the food that they want. How do you get them to understand that feeling of opening that fridge, your, your tummy grumbling, and you opening that fridge to see if there's anything in there to make your tummy stop grumbling? You don't know what you don't know, you know, and unless you've experienced that feeling, the feeling of being incarcerated, it's the difference between being in a prison and being incarcerated. You know, when you're just touring a prison and you're walking through, you know, in your mind, you're leaving in, the, in a couple hours. It's scary. It's dark. I never want to be here. But I'm leaving. And for those that don't have that opportunity, it's a whole different feeling. Right. It's, it's, it's a whole different world. It's just a different world. It, I don't even know how to explain it. You know, <clears throat> it's like in the movies where. Let's just say like Stooge, you know, Scrooge or Stooge or whatever it is, but. Where you're, you're seeing life through a window, a one way window, a one way glass mirror that people are looking at and you think that they're looking at you, but. They're just seeing their reflection. They don't see you. You're not even there. But yet you're seeing everything going on. You're yelling. You're screaming. Nobody can hear you. You're a ghost. You're a memory. That is what prison is. And that's a very hard thing to deal with in itself. To watch life just go on without you. Holidays, people getting old, you know. These are things that occur that... You just cannot grasp unless you were involved in it. Slavery, the Holocaust, no matter how many times a person tries to explain it, Vietnam, you know, frontline Vietnam, no matter how hard a person tries to explain it, you could never understand the impact. You can empathize in some, some way but you just won't understand. So unless you've 
unless you've opened that refrigerator to see no food in there unless unless you've had to sleep on this bed that you know has roaches in it you know knowing that during the night when you cover up these roaches are going to be on your legs and your feet you know unless you've experienced that like these said a couple weeks ago in in a prior one not being able to decipher the difference between roach eggs and rice krispies so you just eat it and not even think about it you know and milk that's that is lumpy and smells sour you just do it because you're hungry unless you've unless you've experienced that type of trauma you would never know what it is you know so it's just trying to understand from everybody's perspective you know and and i'm not one to get into the victimization you know but facts are facts real is real and things cause trauma and trauma cause chaos and and that's just science that's just the fact of what things are so it's understanding that there are people in this this country who are starving who are being raised starved who are being raised in abusive pedophilic uh, circles and and all kinds of disgusting disgusting things and there's trauma behind that you know and and trauma doesn't necessarily mean crime because you have individuals out there who aren't committing crime but who are still committing crimes against themselves because of this trauma and for an individual who may not have received that type of trauma to judge this person's decision making is unfair because you're coming from two different elements. It's not fair for a privileged person to tell me to to do better or to to go out and make money or anything of that nature if I want better, if I want it's not fair for them to say that to me because they don't even know that experience. It's easy for you to say because your life has been privileged in that fashion. So it's just things for us to think about while we're out, we're arguing with people, we're we're out in the daily lives and the communities. You know, my whole message is about us uniting, about us coming together, you know, and and making our community stronger. You know, making our community stronger, making them healthier so that we can look out for one another. So the individual that may have some mental health issues don't feel insecure about their mental health issues, but actually feels confident to come out and speak about them, knowing that they want to get help. And then we as humans with empathy should want to help these individuals who are trying to make the effort. There's many people that they're trying to make an effort. I am trying to make an effort. But, you know, it's like the conversation that I just had again the other day about these judgments of my my criminal background and working with county officials is at the end of the day that particular individual that has any kind of that prejudgment has to deal with that that's between them and god you know and and they'll be quick to say well this isn't about his criminal background it's all it's the whole thing is about that this is the thing that they'll say well it's not about his criminal it is you're telling yourself that 
to try to trick your mind into thinking that it is not that because there's conflict in your mind. You don't want to think that way, but you are, and it's causing conflict. So therefore, you sit there and say, it's not about this, but that's what it's about because we wouldn't even be having this conversation. If I did not have a felony background, we wouldn't even be talking about it. So how can you say that it's not about that? It's all of that. So it's getting that individual to understand that within their brain so that they can be honest with themselves to come forward and have an honest conversation with me. But when I see that an individual isn't there, but yet they're trying to direct me in some kind of way, I find it insulting. And, and the thing of it is, is that you have a lot of individuals who view me just because I'm a returning citizen as ignorant or stupid or unintelligent in some fashion because I've been to prison and the stigma out there is that prisoners are dumb. So I get a lot of pacification because of that. And then what ends up happening because of that, because of this erroneous assumption that when you do find out that I am a little bit smarter than what you originally took me for, it's usually in a public setting, the person usually gets butt hurt, and then I just created an enemy because a person had a, a different expectation or a different assumption about me. And I know a lot of that is my fault as well. I do take blame in that because I do give the appearance at times of an ignorant person. And I do that on purpose. Again, everything I do has reason. And that's just what it is, you know? I like to see the shock on people's face when I'm showing up in a wife beater, my hat turned backwards, and, and I just, you know, blow them away in a conversation of some sorts, you know, and, 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 and getting them to realize that I'm a little bit deeper than what they thought. So that's, that's a lot of the aspect of, of who I am is, is, again, exposing your own prejudice, the own stigma. And if you're intelligent enough and humble enough to, to just say that within, like, wow, I, I, I took you totally different. Yes, amen. Thank you. As you can see right here, the power of a positive mindset. To go ahead and just wrap this up. Power of a positive mindset, unlocking your potential for successful reentry. You can purchase that on Amazon. Um, it's available in, in, in a hardcover, paperback, and Kindle. <clears throat> it's a must-read for anybody who thinks negatively, who is doom and gloom, who's constantly seeing the bad and everything, you know, it's understanding that this type of thought process is what leads you into the very demise that you, that you think about, you know? So this is a book that takes my life experiences and, and kind of highlights that. And, and now my life's experiences as a positive minded thinker, not all the time, you know, I tried to be as positive minded as I, as I, as I can be very optimistic, very positive minded, but it has led good results for me so far. So if this is you and you're in that, that, um, that type of position, you know, uh, the power of a positive mindset you can find on Amazon just by going to Amazon and searching Thomas free me as you see up on the screen. So guys, thank you for tuning in. Thank you for the likes. 
Make sure if you have not hit the like button, <clears throat> make sure you hit the little finger down at the bottom. Thank you for all my sponsors, all my subscribers, all my people, man. You know, shout out to to, to Shady Hills Ministry for, for really standing behind me. Not only Pastor Jim, but the whole church. You know, blessings to the whole church for really standing behind me. And um, they're duking it out with me. You know, and, and that's what I need is that type of community support for people who see me who I am today and not yesterday and willing to stand up and, and raise their hand about that. So many blessings to the church and all my friends and family who have stuck with me. So many blessings to you guys. Um, thank you to 88.5 for uh, broadcasting my words here in my local hometown. And uh, just just thank you. You know, that's I'm just... I'm just gracious. You know, I'm I'm generous, I'm gracious and and I'm I'm thankful for uh the fact that I have the the opportunity to 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 help. You know, that that life has awarded me the opportunity, the freedom to to follow my passion and my dreams and that's just to help as many people as I can. You know, I I've been blessed and fortunate enough to ha not have to be forced into a slave job coming home from prison that has locked up all my time from growth and, and has allowed me to really pursue my dreams, you know, and that was something that I wasn't able to do as a child. And and life has blessed me with the opportunity to do it as as an adult. So I'm I'm thankful for that. That could change tomorrow, but I'm thankful for it today. So friends and family, thank you guys for for tuning in this is the the book they want me to hold it up i'm holding it up very simple find amazon thomas freeman so until next week you guys take care be safe stay blessed be your best self be your best self don't worry about what's going on around you don't worry about if your brother's mother sister uncle are being their best selves just make sure you're your best self. And to end this, I don't hate cops. I love cops. I love the human beings because they're human beings. They're good American citizens. I understand it for the most part. They're good American citizens who join this to to do good in their communities and to and they're brave and they're they're I get all of that. I get that. But we're talking about the culture. Peace. I love you guys. Stay safe, man.